In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mystery. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christ eleison, Christ eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Gloria in excelsis Deo, et in terra pax hominibus, bonae voluntatis, Laudamus te, benedicimus te, adoramus te, glorificamus te, gratias agimus tibi, propter maniam gloriam tuam, Domine Deus Rex Celestis, Deus Pater Omnipotens, Domine Fili Unigenite, Jesu Christe, Domine Deus Agnus Dei, Fili Us Patris, Qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, qui tolis peccata mundi, suscipe deprecationem nostram, qui sedes ad exteram patris, miserere nobis, poniam tu solus sanctus, tu solus dominus, Tu solus altissimus, Jesu Christe, cum sancto spiritu, in gloria Dei Patris. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who in this wonderful sacrament have left us a memorial of your passion, Grant us, we pray, so to revere the sacred mysteries of your body and blood, that we may always experience in ourselves the fruits of your redemption, who live and reign with, who live and reign with God the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses said to the people, Remember how for 40 years now the Lord, your God, has directed all your journeying in the desert so as to test you by affliction and find out whether or not it was your intention to keep his commandments. He therefore let you be afflicted with hunger and then fed you with manna, a food unknown to you and your fathers, in order to show you that not by bread alone does one live, 
but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of the Lord. Do not forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that place of slavery, who guided you through the vast and terrible desert, with its seraph serpents and scorpions, its parched and waterless ground, who brought forth water for you from the flinty rock, and fed you in the desert with manna, a food unknown to your fathers. The word of the Lord. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, glorify the Lord. O Zion, praise your God. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed your children within you. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. He has established peace on your borders. He gives you your fill of finest wheat. He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. He reveals his word to Jacob, to Israel, his decrees and judgments. He has not thus dealt with other nations. He has not taught them his judgments. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, Jerusalem. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because the loaf of bread is one, we, though many, are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The word of the Lord. Lo, the angel's food is given to the pilgrim who who has striven. See the children's bread from heaven, which on dogs may not be spent. Truth the ancient types fulfilling, Isaac bound, a victim willing. Paschal lamb, its lifeblood spilling, manna to the fathers sent. Very bread, good shepherd, tend us. Jesus, of your love, befriend us. You refresh us, you defend us. Your eternal goodness send us in the land of life to see. You who all things can and know, who on, such, who on earth such food bestow, grant us with your saints the lowest, where the heavenly feast you show, fellow heirs and guests to be. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus said to the Jewish crowds, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. The Gospel of the Lord. We were talking to a friend of mine once who was teaching uh, children's catechism, First Communion, about a, t- her taking the class into the church and explaining to all the children the different parts of the sanctuary, the altar, and, um, and the tabernacle, and explaining that Jesus is in the tabernacle, that uh, the Eucharist is his body and blood, his real presence, so that's Jesus, and that's why that sanctuary lamp is lit there, lit there. That's why we genuflect when we walk by the tabernacle because Jesus is in there. And this little girl asked her, how does he fit in there? Um, which she was telling the story because it was kind of cute and funny. But I remember I got a lump in my throat um, when I heard that because I, I just thought about this little girl wondering um, and starting to wrestle with the mystery already at age seven or eight. Um, and I brought it to prayer and I thought, The reason is I think that it's that very mystery, the Eucharist especially, but the whole mystery of of how God is present to us in these ways sacramentally, that if you get it, if you have the imagination and you can figure out how Jesus does actually fit in there, it makes so much of a difference. It changes everything. It will determine the direction of your life. Um, Not just that you see Corpus Christi, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist, but that how you look at the entire world will change um, if you believe that this is possible. Remember that uh, I was reading this book recently, A Severe Mercy, and there's a point after the, the, main, uh, the narrator's wife dies that he's in this grief and is driving away from the hospital and sees a rainbow, and he takes it as a sign. But he's kind of a uh, rational thinker, and he's like, is this really a sign or is this just a coincidence? And you know, what's the rainbow mean? <clears throat> it's loaded with meaning from the Old Testament and God's promise of covenant, but it's also just refracted light through the prism of these rain droplets. And um, he writes to C.S. Lewis, who is his friend, uh, asking him what he thinks about signs. Um, and Lewis responds, If an event coming about in the ordinary course of nature becomes to me the occasion of hope and faith and love or increased efforts after virtue, Do we suppose that this result was unforeseen by or is indifferent to God? Obviously not. What we should have called its fortuitous effects must have been present to him for all eternity. In other words, we we mistake the lower for the higher. We we mistake the real for the image or the shadow. And of course God is aware that I see this rainbow and it gives me hope. And what's real is the hope. And God wants to give me this gift. Um, 
And the, it could have been a rainbow, it could have been a green light. You know, it doesn't really matter. But that everything is in God's providence. Everything is under his purview uh, of his loving plan for each of our lives and that he cares deeply. It's not like, oh, that rainbow gave me a little hope, but it was probably just an accident. God didn't really mean it. There is no accident. He's not like a, like a writer of a story who you know, starts a story and then is like, oh, that's a, that's a nice little detail. I, I'm surprised that I put that there you know, 100 pages ago that now it, it fits the story. He, he sees it all. He gives his creatures freedom, but God sees absolutely everything. And so what the author came to is that nothing is without meaning. Everything that we see, experience, touch, has meaning. We don't always get the meaning right, which is why we need to be instructed like that. You know, you can interpret signs. People come to me all the time as a priest, like, what does this mean? This happened to me. You know, does God want me to do this? And we can get all up in our heads trying to figure out the meaning like it's some puzzle. Um, But we need to be instructed and formed by revelation, God disclosing to us what these things mean. But we can take it for granted that our bodies have meaning. Our hunger has meaning. Um... Food has meaning. The fact, I mean, from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, it was about food and how we eat and how we're given to eat. Um, the meaning is the most real thing there is. So it's not just teaching second graders to make believe that that's Jesus in that box. It's not just making believe. Because we've seen the evidence, right? Mother Teresa would sit for an hour in front of the Eucharist every single day because she believed it was Jesus. And then she go, went and lived the life she lived. That's the evidence. That love is real. And all the, uh, the saints up and down the ages, Thomas Aquinas, you know, am I smarter than him? Was he duped into making believe that this is really Jesus? The meaning has been disclosed to us by God himself. This is my body. This is my blood. Is it really Jesus or is it just bread? What does it mean to say just bread anyway? Um, there's another great quote in A Grief Observed, C.S. Lewis's own book about the grieving of his wife's passing. And at the very end, there's this great quote. I'll just read it to you. Sometimes, Lord, one is tempted to say that if you wanted us to behave like the lilies of the field, you might have given us an organization more like theirs. But that, I suppose, is your grand experiment. Or no, not an experiment, for you have no need to find things out. Rather, your grand enterprise to make an organism which is also a spirit, to make that terrible oxymoron, a spiritual animal, to take a poor primate, a beast with nerve endings all over it, a creature with a stomach that wants to be filled, a breeding animal that wants its mate, and say, now get on with it, become a god. See, the Eucharist is where we become what we eat, that what food was meant to be from the beginning, which was communion, to be fed with the life of God. Even as at every moment we're being created and filled with that life, this is where it explicitly happens. And the meeting of that terrible oxymoron of what we are, an angel with flesh, a spiritual animal, becomes one. It becomes united. It makes sense that God feeds us as animals, as children, as baby birds. But then we become him, his own body his own flesh in the world. And from the beginning, even of Jesus' life, it was always meant to be this way, even if we don't get it at first. 
that second grader was starting to get it, which almost made me cry, that Jesus laid in a manger is a food trough, that from the time he was born, he was meant to be food for the life of the world. Even the town he was born in, Bethlehem, was the, the name literally means house of bread. Where he died, where he was sacrificed as the Lamb of God, was on an altar, the altar of the cross. But lambs, after they were sacrificed, after they were slaughtered, were always eaten. That you had to commune with the gift that was the expiation of your sins. That this sacrifice that we offer at every Mass is Jesus crucified and risen from the dead and alive. And we eat that sacrifice to commune, to, to reconcile with God, to come back into communion with him. And if we get it, it always reminds me of this priest in the seminary who said, people don't lose their faith because of a lack of evidence, but because of a lack of imagination. If we can allow our imaginations to be penetrated and formed, if we can allow God to reveal what the meaning of absolutely everything is, of our lives, of our bodies, of this hunger that we carry around with us till the day we die, what does it mean, Lord, that I exist? It's this, the Eucharist. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. <clears throat> I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Faith and confidence, we offer our prayers to the Father the church, her pastors, and her people. But on this feast of Corpus Christi, we may be faithful to our obligation to receive communion and to give worship to Jesus in the sacrament of the Eucharist. We pray to the Lord. Pray for a return to Mass, a return to the sacraments after this shutdown. Pray also for those who have gone without the Eucharist for these months. And for those who... Uh, have lost their hunger or may have forgotten uh, what it is to receive Jesus in communion. We pray to the Lord. Lord pray for peace in our world, in our city, in our families. We pray to the Lord. Lord for the sick and the suffering, those who are dying and those who will die today. We pray to the Lord. Lord for our students, our benefactors, our alumni, all who have entrusted themselves to our prayers. For their intentions, we pray to the Lord. Lord and for all the dead, especially for the repose of the soul of Vince Lynch, for whom we offer this Mass, we pray to the Lord. Lord Father, everything we have comes from you. Give us what we truly need, according to your will, through Christ our Lord.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Grant your church, O Lord, we pray, the gifts of unity and peace, whose signs are to be seen in mystery in the offerings we here present, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For at the Last Supper with his apostles, establishing for the ages to come the saving memorial of the cross, he offered himself to you as the unblemished lamb, the acceptable gift of perfect praise. Nourishing your faithful by this sacred mystery, you make them holy, so that the human race, bounded by one world, may be enlightened by one faith, and united by one bond of charity. And so we approach the table of his wondrous sacrament, so that, bathed in the sweetness of your grace, we may pass over to the heavenly realities here foreshadowed. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration, and we, with all the host of angels, cry out, and without end we acclaim. Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. To you, therefore, most merciful Father, we make humble prayer and petition through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, that you accept and bless these gifts, these offerings, these holy and unblemished sacrifices, which we offer you firstly for your holy Catholic Church. Be pleased to grant her peace, to guard, unite, and govern her throughout the whole world together with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Blaise, our Bishop, and all those who, holding to the truth, hand on the Catholic and apostolic faith. Remember, Lord, your servants, and all gathered here, whose faith and devotion are known to you. For them we offer you this sacrifice of praise that they offered for themselves and all who are dear to them, for the redemption of their souls in hope of health and well-being, and paying their homage to you, the eternal God, living and true. In communion with those whose memory we venerate, especially the glorious ever-Virgin Mary, Mother of our God and Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ, and blessed Joseph, her spouse, your blessed apostles and martyrs, Peter and Paul, Andrew, James, John, Thomas, James, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Simon, and Jude, Linus, Cletus, Clement, Sixtus, Cornelius, Cyprian, Lawrence, Chrysogonus, John and Paul, Cosmas, and Damian, and all your saints. 
We ask that through their merits and prayers, in all things we may be defended by your protecting help. Therefore, Lord, we pray, graciously accept this oblation of our service, that of your whole family. Order our days in your peace and command that we be delivered from eternal damnation and counted among the flock of those you have chosen. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. On the day before he was to suffer, he took bread in his holy and venerable hands, and with eyes raised to heaven to you, O God, his Almighty Father. Giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands, and once more giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We rose and at the Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the blessed passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ your Son, our Lord, we, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you were pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants <clears throat> who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants who, those sinners, hope in your abundant mercies, graciously grant some share in fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord, you sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace, I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. For those, on behalf of those who can't receive communion today, my Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, we pray, that we may delight for all eternity <clears throat> in that share in your divine life, which is foreshadowed in the present age by our reception of your precious body and blood, 
who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, et spes nostra salve, a te clamamus, exules filii eve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale, ea ego, Advocata nostra, ilos tuos, misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesu, benedictum fructum ventris tui, nobis, post hoc exilium, ostende.